Hey y'all, welcome to Vision Soul Separately, a podcast dedicated to empowering like-minded entrepreneurs by discussing the mental and emotional stability of everyday struggles. Um, like I said, I tried to tell her as much as possible about you, mm-hmm. that we did have in common that we all went to Towers. Shout out mm-hmm. Towers High School, Decatur, yeah. Georgia. Towers birthed a lot of people. A lot of Towers did yeah. birth a lot of people, low-key. Like, I say that. I'm like, listen. You think about it, it's like, we got artists of all kinds, of music artists, yeah. very good um, stylists, just yeah. everything. Yeah. Everybody is doing good in their own way. And then you got the dope boys. <laughs> right. Shout out to those people. We wouldn't be no one else. We lost a few along the way oh, yeah. um, right. because right. of some of those activities. Yeah. But the ones that are still kicking are still kicking. Right. So that's good though. Yeah. I remember um I came to Towers my sophomore year and I came from Gwinnett, Berkman High School. Wow. So it was a <laughs> culture, culture shock, shock. <laughs> nonetheless for me because you know from when we first moved to Georgia we moved to Gwinnett. So I knew nothing about Decatur. I knew nothing about none of that. And from moving from New York and living in Florida, like just being all these different spaces and to go to Decatur, Georgia. So we pulled out the towers. I was like, it's a whole different <laughs> so, and this is before the renovations. Like this oh, is yeah. before, this is the real time. I was like, so who's going to go here? Like what's going, it was just different, but so, it was your sophomore year. So that's when like all the Katrina people was coming yes in. at oh. that same time it was a whole lot of stuff going on and now at the same time it was still like a lot of gang and stuff it was yeah. a whole lot yeah, of gang shit going on yeah. <laughs> it was a lot going I think, on isn't that what kind of stemmed the renovation because they like shot up some of the glass yes up front? Oh. i think they was already in the process of doing that okay they probably what expedited it I remember the gym being done, the band room, like the add-on for the uh, auditorium and stuff. Right. The new, so, oh, yeah, the new auditorium. Getting ready to start high school was kind of intimidating knowing that I was going to Towers just because it had that whole reputation. Like, um, you know, I went to Badoon, but Badoon just seemed to be so sheltered compared to compared Towers. To and it was just all the same students pretty much transferring over. So I didn't understand why it was chaos. It was so... Good, so to speak. But. I felt robbed of my high school experience. Like I was just like, what? And it reminded me of y'all remember that movie High School High? Mm-hmm. You remember that? You you know the movie, but y'all remember that movie, Kata? Mm-hmm. Anyway, y'all <laughs> watch High School High. That's how I felt when I came in because I think I was just now like seeing that movie or something, and I was like, how I go from Berkman High School, this big old school, to, like, like literally, it was crazy, but, you know, like you said, some good things came out of that, I met you, right. <laughs> I'm meeting you now, so, you know, great things came out of Towers High School, so I ain't even mad at it, but, my mom yeah. always said, though, like, it wasn't, it's not the school, it's the student. So, it's Absolutely. what you want out of it, it's what you'll make out of it. I did everything that I could possibly do to try to keep myself engaged and just trying to make the best of the situation. Because I did want to go to another school, because my sister did. She didn't have to go to Tower. So, it was just like, oh, I want to go to another school, too. Right. But my mom was like, no, you can do it. You went to Bethune. You, it's the same thing. You right. pushed through the same way you've been doing. So. 
Man, my sister got to go to that Dunwoody High School by the time, because she went to Bethune, and by the time she went to high school, she went to North Cobb, and then she went to Dunwoody. I'm just like, how? Why was I the experiment? Like, <laughs> what is this? Like, what in the world? But yeah, it's not about where you come from, it's where you're going. And I chose to be a terrorist. It's crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. you did, because you didn't have to go to Silas either. I didn't, because I didn't stay in the neighborhood. Oh, but wow. I, because I went to Bethune, I didn't want to go nowhere else. I, I didn't have time to meet no new friends. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we just going to go. Oh, wow. I just thought this was how high school was supposed to be. And then what? my sister went to McNair, so it was it was better Ooh. than that. So. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Like, okay. so what high school you were supposed to go to? McNair. Yes, Crystal, then you probably haven't known me for a long. Um, so I am cooking. Um, I started my business pretty much because of school. So I went to Bethune and then of course Towers after that. And when I left Bethune, I went over to Towers, I was a cheerleader. So um, I would always go back to the middle school and help out with the middle school cheerleading squad, the tryouts, XYZ, doing camps and clinics and stuff. So I decided to turn it into a business um, because I was doing it anyway. So I was like, I know I'm giving value. So I decided that I'm making it into a business. So it's my business started off as Cheer Lifestyle before it was even Blissful Customs. Um, and I got started doing the custom stuff because I was doing the camps and I was outsourcing the bows and the camp wear and stuff. And I said, well, let me see if I can do this too. So then that's how I got into the t-shirts and the hair bows and all of that. So that's really how Blissful Customs was born. Um, but as time went on, I gained more clients than besides cheerleading clients. So um, I was like, I kind of want to broaden it up. I don't want people to just try to put my business in one category because um, they just hear the word cheer. And then at that point, a lot of different things were changing within cheerleading programs and stuff. So some of the clients I had before, I didn't have anymore. And like the custom stuff started taking over. And so I just pushed heavy into that. So that pretty much birthed Blissful Customs. Um, I started the business when I was 20. Where were you doing before? Like Um, you took on that? It was, I was in school. Um, so when I was in school, I was working at the bank. I was a bank teller and working at FedEx. I was working two jobs. I don't know why. I think I just like enjoyed money. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't need it. Like I was like working two jobs. I didn't have any kids or anything, but literally right after I had my son, I had my son in March and then I officially had all my paperwork and stuff for the business in that August. So that was in 2013 um, when I started all of that. So I went, I was going back and forth from going to school, then working my two jobs. And then um, after being pregnant, it took me out of the workforce altogether because my pregnancies get real tough. So I wasn't able to work. So that kind of put all of my um, creative juices into one. So I was like, I got to do something that works for me, something that's on my time. So that's how I created my business. And my mom always had a business in her home because she had a um, in-home daycare. So I've seen my mom run her daycare for 12 years and doing all these things. So I guess it was like, oh, I can do that too. Mm-hmm. So as your as Blissful Custom started to grow, like was it hard for you to just like to transition into doing that just full time? Like did you completely trust, like 
had all faith in the process, like, oh, this is going to be it. Like, this is it. I wish um, that it started out that way. I probably would have saved a lot of time along the way, but I didn't um, because a lot of it wasn't guaranteed. I still kind of dibbled and dabbled between different part-time jobs. So I got another job as a, um, a bank teller again. Um, I worked a couple more um, customer service jobs, but at, on the side, I was continuing to do my camps and stuff and uh, custom stuff on the side. It wasn't until, um, and I went through some time periods when I wasn't working anywhere else, but I was just doing the business, but completely, solely, no other income. This wasn't until my mom passed away um, in July of 2019. And it kind of put me in a, unfamiliar space because I was used to having uh, my mom and aunts and stuff like that help me with my kids so without having babysitter and stuff like that I had to do something that would allow me to have my kids and be flexible with their schedules because I didn't have anybody to watch them anymore so and I also used to work at her house because the same area she used to have the daycares where I set up shop so when Mm -hmm. I was forced out of all of that I was forced into my own space uh, because my house just couldn't hold all of my business. So that's when I came out last year. Well, that was the year before that. Um, and I had my So grandma. you came out, your grandma, and it was 2019? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So she passed away that July, and then in de- that December, I um, opened up my physical location so that it can house the custom things as well as serve as a vinyl store for the community because there was there's no vinyl store within maybe, what, 20 miles? Oh, yeah. There are none on the east side area. You have to go somewhere north or south to be able to get the supplies to make t-shirts. So being selling them help out with the overhead. Mm -hmm. So it was just something to fill in the blanks. So, But I've been doing it full-time ever since, and um, it's a lot. Yeah. That sounds like a lot. It does. I know all that. So did you always have, like, the support from, like, you know, your family, friends, and things like that, whatever? Like, did anybody doubt, like, no, you know, what you're doing or anything like that? Um, Honestly, my mom, when I started my business, so she always thought it was amazing for me to just have a business, but she always just wanted me to have a plan. So she didn't push me away from wanting to have my own business, but she just, I guess, was trying to think way on down the line. She was like, oh, well. If you're not working for anybody, then you're not going to be paying into Social Security. So what happens when, you know, you get older Mm -hmm. and stuff like that? And I said, well, Mom, my purpose of doing this is not to need something from Social Security. I should be able to take care of myself when those times come about. So um, that was, it was more of like a nugget of wisdom. But as far as my family and friends, like buying and supporting, I've never had a problem with that. Anytime Mm -hmm. I needed helping hands. I mean, I guess sometimes it's probably forced, but they never refused. <laughs> they never refused. Um, I had a, a little cousin that was in high school, so I used to pull her by all means necessary. Literally taught her every single thing so that she can produce the stuff even if I wasn't around. Right. So um, the support has always been real. Um, well, that's good. It's good that you had like that kind of support because you know a lot of people when you are an entrepreneur and you're coming from corporate or a nine to five and you decided to like, this is what I'm going to do. This was going to provide for everything. You got people like, what are you doing? Like you said, how are you going to get your social security check? Or how are you going to get that 401k and things like, like that? Whatever. Mom, like, I was the dumbest person ever. Like, yeah, she, she going to stop 
you got a, a government job. Like, girl, they don't yeah. mean nothing. Like, they don't care about me yeah. or my family. And they it's a, don't. It's That's a generational never, thing, too. Yes. Because our generation, that generation was more so on, like, survival mm-hmm. and not worrying about... And tradition. The, yeah, tradition. Mm-hmm. And with us, like I guess the millennials, like, we're just out here doing everything that they never thought, like... Right. Like, I don't even know. Like, I promise when I started my business... It wasn't even like this. Like, you're hearing about so many six and seven-year-olds and all of these things that have these businesses that are viral and stuff like that. But I was even talking to someone recently, and they were like, oh, yeah, I just applied for my business, and um, I got my EIN number instantly. And I was like, say what? Because when I started my business, I had to wait, like, four weeks for it to come in the mail and stuff. So it's just like, I guess they're just getting with the times and how things are just going so rapidly that, you know, that's the way that businesses are evolving. Now, that irks me sometimes. I hate when, <laughs> when people be like, um, I want to just start a business and go register. And they like, oh, I got this business. Like, Ain't thought about it. They just want to post that. The LLC. Right. Exactly. That don't mean nothing. They just $100. Like, that's it. But it's so much that comes behind it. Right. And, and but... And it can be so much people. I feel like people just don't take it serious, and it and it irritates me because I know what I put into my brand and what I'm putting into my brand. So when you see people that come in and just go, "Oh yeah, I got a business, I do hair," and exactly, sh- and even like how this. you say it, yes, like <laughs> like they don't even know how to talk to people. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Their customer service is horrible. Like yeah. it's just like I think Instagram and social media makes it worse. Because you got the people like, no DMs. Don't DM me. Right. Don't talk to me. Don't do nothing. Email me like, dang. Like, I get those clients that be like, I got to come with my hair shampooed and washed. Like, wait. Like, no. No life do hair. will ask you to come there. Like, that's a and, part and, of the And experience. that's the thing, too. It's annoying. Because I'm like, wait. You want me to pay you $150, but I still got to wash my hair, blow dry my hair, bone straight. And then I got to bring the hair to and everything. Like, right. So what you gonna do? I'm confused. <laughs> I don't like to do hair, so that's why I'm paying to go get it done. But I gotta wash and detangle it. And, yeah, it's a lot. So it definitely has changed the culture um, of businesses because people don't. But they want all the the right customer service. They expect to be treated because I'm paying my money. You know what I'm saying? Some of my worst clients are the business owners. Sadly, because it's like I go literally go through some of their Instagrams and I see all their rules and expectations, and then they come to me and they want to go around every expectation that I have set. So, or people don't even want to pay your policies, no type of attention. Like, you know what I'm saying? About your location ownership process was that process nerve wracking in any way? Um, definitely discouraging. Um, getting started I started looking on my own I think everybody does like even when you about to move into an apartment or house or whatever you kind of do your own research and then when you kind of get fed up then like all right let me ask somebody so that's what I did every place I was driving around to I'm like well they got a vacant space and stuff like that and I reached out to a realtor and I don't really like the way that she was working for me so I felt like she didn't wasn't doing her job so I kept looking some more and then I met up with another girl and I still found my own property, but she still, she helped me through the paperwork part of it, going Mm -hmm. back and forth with the landlord once I found it. Um, She was really, really sweet. But um, the renovations, it really slapped me in the face. It was like, Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting it. Um, My store used to be a, um, a uniform store. 
so um, it was all carpet, and they had, like, dividers up, like, will be um, dressing rooms and stuff, mm-hmm. and it had been sitting there for a while, um, vacant, so, you know, that meant, like, spider webs <laughs> and nasty stuff, so um, reaching out to contractors initially, I felt like they were trying to take advantage because I was a lady and I was young, so I had literally people quoting me, like, $12,000 to renovate the whole space, but... I ended up paying a fraction of that. Thankfully, mm-hmm. um, I used my brain to remember that I had family members that do contracting. Mm-hmm. And they cut me a very sweet deal. And they were in and out. Like, when I was watching them, I was like, dang, it's taking too long. But when I now that I think back, I'm like, it was not, it took maybe two or three weeks to finish everything. Mm-hmm. And that was painting. They had to knock down all the walls and the floors. Mm-hmm. And they did a really good and quick job. It was very efficient. And I really realizing that now because the suites next to me were um, have been vacant for a long time, pretty much the whole time that I've been there. And now people are moving in there, and I'm like, "Hey, you still got that paper up there?" And that's feel like it's been like a month. So I was like, "I'm thankful," but um, it was definitely stressful in the beginning because it was just like, "This is new. It's like having a whole new house." Yeah, the same bills apply. You still have your <laughs> mortgage. Um, or lease rent, whatever, um, light bill, water bill, um, internet bill. Um, and then if anything goes wrong. Speaking of things going wrong, so COVID happened. COVID <laughs> happened at the height of it. Like, literally, right. I had my grand opening in December. And then, what, January, February, what, right. March-ish, yeah. February-ish, that's when COVID happened. And it threw me for a loop. Um, so it affected business. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because my whole point was to have a storefront. I'm like, wait, I don't want people inside with me. Or how can I keep it safe for people to be in here touching all of this different vinyl? And then what I'm gonna go by and spray every roll. I don't want to mess up the vinyl or anything. So I was just like, but it wasn't a completely bad thing because I wanted to um, be able to work in different avenues. I wanted to um, sell online. So I ideally wanted to have a pack and ship business. So on top of, you know, having the actual storefront, I wanted to come in every day, just pull my orders, pack them up, ship them out. So it absolutely gave me the time to set up um, my online. I wanted to set up an Etsy shop to sell vinyl. So I was able to do that and it started off great. Um, But it started to dwindle a little bit um, when things started to open up, so to speak. Um, but then it kind of picked up on the local side when that started to slow down. Cause I'm assuming maybe people that were buying online couldn't go to their regular stores. So I had forced me to keep getting better. So I had mm. to make my website to where people were able to shop so that they could just pick up since they couldn't come inside. Mm-hmm. I always had a website, but it really wasn't functioning. It was just like, Oh, okay. Yeah. She got a business. She got a website. You can come and look at it, but it really wasn't shoppable. Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for COVID honestly. Um, because it pushed my business to be able to reach more and different people. Um, now, honestly, outside the box. Yeah, honestly, a lot of my clients, like through Etsy and stuff, they're repeating, um, and I feel I'm part now. I feel like I'm an Etsy spokesperson at this point because <laughs> um, I just love the way the audience that it reaches. Um, I didn't even realize that um, you can sell everything. Anything mm-hmm. on Etsy. So Etsy's like an Amazon for like creative crafters. But it's like everything. Like people sell hair on Etsy. Push my buttons. Like yeah. especially them clients will make you rethink things. Especially like, you know being what? in the events industry, like 
Baby, when people have money, they think that the world is at their fingertips. So tell us about that. Like, how did you, um, the process of, like, growing your business and your, your clientele? Um, so it just kind of happened over time. So I continued to do all I was doing, the custom shirts and stuff like that. But, so I think the the game changer for me really was getting into acrylics. That's what kind of pushed me into the event industry. Um, I was making party favors. So, I mean, party, that's for events. And so I did a lot of kids' parties with the wrap treats, chips, and so on. But, um, and I was offering card stock cake toppers. But then I was like, you know, these are cool and all, but I just feel like there's something else. So um, that's when I started doing my research on my laser machine. And when I got that and I started making acrylic cake toppers, that kind of just changed the game all together. Because the acrylic is like a, a more elegant feel. It's really, actually, it's real versatile. So, you know, you can make it feasible for a kid or for yeah, whatever um, the vibe is. a wedding. Yeah, because my very first project was a cake topper for my kid's birthday party. Um, so just kind of networking, really, mm -hmm. really networking is what kind of got me to, um, be able to land a, um, celebrity client. Um, my sister and I work hand in hand together. We have two separate companies, but, um, she is an event planner and I make custom stuff. So of course she puts me within her thing. So, um, we actually went to an industry event. Um, that one of the biggest rental companies here in Georgia threw. And when we went there, I was able to meet up with a very, um, a very nice event planner. And she had celebrity clientele. And she was just like, you know, I've watched yourself on Instagram. I love your work. Let's have a meeting. And when I met up with her, that's how I booked um, the Tammy Rivera's listening party. So she was my first celebrity client. And then from there, it kind of just spiraled. You know how it goes. You see one thing, it's like, oh, that's what she did. And then it draws the... It just right. takes one. <laughs> and I'm so thankful that it wasn't um, like a bartering thing either. Because a lot yeah. of times with celebrities, they do that. Though they have the money and stuff like that, they always look for, you know, loopholes. But it wasn't like that. I was paid and I was able to attend the function as well. So that gave me an opportunity to network a little somewhere. bit more. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I just linked up with more um, celebrity event planners. So... Yeah. That's what kind of got that clientele working up for me. That's good. That's good. So how was so? What was your, what was your thought process when you got that phone call? Oh, Tammy Rivera wants you to like work for her. My stomach was in butterflies. <laughs> I was like, and what made me go in butterflies? Because like I said, a lot of times with celebrities, it's like at the drop of a dime type thing. So yeah. it was maybe a Saturday, and then the event was like that Thursday. So I had to like put my brain in overdrive to yeah. be able like, okay, I can't miss a detail. I got to make sure it's executed right. This is like my time to shine. So I freaked out really, but I had to get it together, yeah. because, but it wasn't that I was doing something I didn't know how to do, but it was just like, you know, all these extra eyes, but, um, I executed and everything worked out perfect. I work with that event planner all the time. She's amazing. She's almost like a like a big sister mom type yeah. thing because she's wise she's been in the event industry for some time so she's like you know take a deep breath you got this we're on to the next thing so and that's good to find that person to like make it okay because when you get people in the social circle to where they like that they kind of start being bitches 
And like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just saying, like, people really be having big heads or whatever. So, like, they're really hard to work with. And then, like, if, like you said, this was your first time. So, it's mm-hmm. like, it could have went completely left. Like, it was like, you didn't do this. You didn't do that or whatever. So, it's the communication. Have, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But I've, I must say, I've had the pleasure of working with a lot of seasoned people. And so, even if there was something that I did or created and it wasn't exactly what they wanted, they have always given me feedback. So it wasn't that it didn't work out for the event or whatever, but they like, hey, we did this this time, but next time, let's make sure we do this so that this. So they, you know, it was a working and growing relationship. And a lot of times you don't get that with business. You piss somebody off one time or mm-hmm. you don't meet their standards. It's just boom, on to the next. And you would never even know that What's, you stroked them the yeah. wrong way. So I'm real thankful for that. And luckily, a lot of people um, don't have vision. So... Right. <laughs> They expect you to come up with all the that ideas. Is very like, true. All the time. Show up. Right. Yeah. If I gotta do all the work, this this is my event at this point. Yeah. But but that brand, then you're not for me. And I'm realizing that like uh-uh. I ain't got some. And that and the great thing is you're able to do that though. Mm-hmm. And even with myself, I'm trying to find you have to just know what you want and do what you want. Because everybody's not your client. Every, that's like one of the biggest things. Everyone is not your client. There's a hundred people that do logos because there's a hundred million different people. Right. And everybody has to be able to cater to their audience. There are them people that love to make them cartoon logos. And there's some people that love to have them. But hey, <laughs> it won't be me and it won't be you. So look, we got that in it. common. Mm-hmm. We won't do that. Keep it simple because your brain is everywhere. Like As an entrepreneur, like once you start... Get into all those different colors. It's hard. Now it's like, let me put my logo on. Like, I just finished, well, it's right be like, two books ago, I just finished a book. And it was saying, like, you can't put your brand name on everything. Because now it dilutes the brand. It's like, you know. You need to be able to have a symbol or something that just represents you and speaks by itself. You see that apple, you know it's apple. Right. right. That's like, that's what did you it for that me. see that was like, when she gave me the Nike analogy, it was like, you right though. Like, that does make a lot of sense. Absolutely. You should not have to plaster your name on everything. Your colors should speak for itself. You know that, you know, of course there's lots of different color combos, but Tiffany. Tiffany Blue is because yeah. Tiffany. Right. And so, I mean, it can be something as simple as that. It just depends on what you want your brand to look and feel like. And I don't think a lot of people do research into that part when they're creating what they're creating, even with the names that they come up with. Like, there's something both besides <laughs> Hair by Nikki. Like, you're every. There's right. something else. There's several Hair by Nikki's. A lot of Nikki's out here that do it, hair. I mean, it has to be something that, you know, you can say, well, I came up with this name because da 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 da. Or it kind of just speaks for itself. Yeah. Like, I feel like my business kind of has that. My business is Blissful Customs because I want everybody to have a blissful experience for their specialty. Same. Cosmic <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, you know. You do those things intentionally. Yes. People don't. They're not intentional with what they're creating. So it's just like, oh, that's the first thing that came to my head. You got to step outside that box. Yeah. Sometimes. And sometimes, yeah, depending on what it. your name is, it might just ring bells. If your name is Anamana Posidy, it, <laughs> it might work. But a lot of people have a typical Ashley, Brittany, Nicole, Nikki. Right. So, Have you had, like, one outrageous client where he was just like, sis, I think you should just go find somebody else. 
Yeah. Or sometimes I'll work with them and I'll never work with them again. Mm. Because um, I just know that it's disturbing my peace. And peace is important. When I took my uh, birthday trip to Tulum, when I, that was the most peaceful place I've ever been. Like, when I tell you, everything was just so serene. And I promised myself when I came back that I would not let another client take me outside of my box. Mm-hmm. And um, so some things you just got to learn how to say no. Like, that's just not a service that I offer. Um, and I did that starting for 2021. Like, you know, for the longest, I would take single shirt orders or, you know, one shirt, two shirt, three shirts. I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not worth the time or the energy for me to make one setup for one shirt. So I put into place where I have a minimum. If you don't meet the minimum, I'm not for you. There's a I can refer you to all the different people that come and buy vinyl from me. I'm sure they can help you out. Mm-hmm. But I just have to know that it's it's not for me. Right. I'm trying to get out of a lot of the production. And if you want to hit me up every couple of days... For one shirt, one shirt, one shirt. No, just take the time, make the investment, and purchase 12 shirts and be right. done with it. Get a couple of different sizes, and that's it. Yeah, you you want to have your inventory stocked up. Like, you, you don't want to just be having stuff. I don't, I don't, I just think personally, like, even when I'm buying supplies, why would I just go buy 10 bags and I'm going to need 10 more the next day? So it's about working smarter and not harder at this point. Smarter and not harder. Because I put in some work. So I just realized what it takes to be running behind people for one shirt or two shirts. And it, it, don't, it don't make sense. You don't pay my bills. <laughs> <laughs> that one shirt does not keep these lights on. Yeah. And then they come. it's the entitlement that comes with it, too. Um, you know, well, I'm paying you for You can pay her, too. Right. And there's some people that are just getting started, and that's all they feel comfortable with. They don't feel comfortable with 72 shirts. They might scream. Mm-hmm. That's what I prefer. I'm a pre- I'm a Etsy. You kind of think about crafty right. stuff and stuff like that. But no, baby, you're going well, to see like for, hair products and stuff. Like you're going to look for a graphic designer. You're going to find one. You'll find everything on there. But I like them because unlike Instagram, in my opinion, when you paid for your little ads and stuff like that on Instagram, you might get some more likes, but um, like the conversion part of it to me isn't really there. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if I put money into my Etsy ads, I'm seeing the return right away. Mm-hmm. So, um, you done taught me some. Right, I'm going to say, like, how can I utilize Etsy <laughs> right. in my business? Well, you do graphic stuff, so you definitely can. I don't know about that. You don't like? No, you don't. One day she a graphic designer. One day it's, it's, it's the people. That's how I know as far as their vision. Like because they, I am a graphic designer. That's what I'm gonna do. But I'm not. I don't have the vision for your business. People are telling me they don't have no colors, or they have the colors, but that's it. And it's like it's more than that. Like now, I feel it's like I'm mood. teaching you. It's a move, it's a consultation, but I feel like the the sweet spot with Etsy is because you can put anything on there, customize and stuff like that, but you have to just make it a way where you just do stuff that's convenient for you. Right, and they just go in and edit. Yeah, so literally, if I only want, if I want to say, this is a happy birthday topper, you got these three fonts to choose from, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Instead of just saying, okay, give me the information, and I'll create something, Mm -mm. you do that, you're working too hard, but if you say... Boom, I have this social media template. You give me your colors, I'll put your color on there and your your um, logo. Boom. They just don't get it and it hurts me. They don't. They won't. Unless you're you, they won't get it. 
Because you know it, you studied it, you researched it, so you know what it takes and what it looks like, what it feels like. But like we said, people are jumping out the gate and just say, I want a business. They don't even know what the business is, who is supposed to serve, who their target audience is. Logos. And I just throw some stuff at I was like, glitter is not a color. Stop it. No, my biggest thing. Yes, that one. Yes, that one. That one, please say it again. Run it back. Run it back. I hate seeing cartoon logos. Like, since you and I and I had to tell people because I had a cousin who was doing logos for people, but this is what he was doing for people. I said they gotta ask themselves if Beyonce came across your bonnet, (laughs) you think Beyonce gonna want your big ass face? Oh, on on period. this thing, period. No, and what they don't realize, because then it comes back to me with the glitter stuff in the brand, because it's like you have this stuff in your brand, then they don't have any of the files from their graphic designer. They want to send me a screenshot or something on their Instagram and think I'm supposed to make magic with it. Like that, is, it don't work like that. I need a file, and now this glitter color that they made up online can't transfer to any kind of vinyl. So what you gonna do now? whatever's close and it's like your brand is now all over the place now you got this sign over here that's that color because it's printed and this one over here is vinyl like if you have standard colors or white and silver you know stuff like that you can manipulate but when you that's one thing about entrepreneurship is the fact that you have to deal with so many people mm-hmm. so many people and they think that everybody thinks that you're their only client. They all feel like that's right. the only that is the only explanation that I've been able to wrap my head around that you think that I can sit up and edit your stuff ten times. If you told me you want pink and blue, and I'll come back and say you want red and green, that's not what we discussed at first. I have other clients I have to move on to. So that's why I'm phasing more into um into teaching and consulting, um, because I feel like I've hit a point with my career that a lot of people are seeking information from me, and I give a lot of it for free. And um, free don't pay the shop bills. Right. Um, and I took a lot of time. And like I said, I've been building my business for some time, so it's not like okay, I just YouTubed it yesterday, and now I know the answer. I work with different materials, different people, different companies, and if you're going for a certain look, there's certain things that you need to use. So at this point, it's time to kick it up a notch. Mm-hmm. I felt that. <laughs> I like, girl, I'm gonna be rethinking because I already was gonna take like scale back from just creating for everybody. Like, because there are people that have logos and they just want a template, and I'm like, yo, I'm not doing that because I asked for files. They don't have the files, and I'm like, I'm not about to stress out for a couple of dollars. Like, yeah. no color shirt and. <laughs> so I just think it's a lot about marketing to your audience in every in every aspect yes in every single thing you got going on that was like a hard thing for me like it was like dang because like kelly used to ask me like well who's your target audience like girl anybody who need they browser like what are you talking about like i browse but then it's like when you're growing it's me but uh yeah but it's like it makes more sense when you're trying to grow a brand like if you just working at a salon if i was working commission somewhere it don't matter i want everybody to like, walk in you know what i'm saying it don't matter but when you're trying to build a household name or a lifestyle or anything like that like a, like like i said a brand 
it goes way deeper than that. Like these are got to be your people that represent what you're trying to put out there. So because it comes the same thing when you're talking about marketing too. Like you're not gonna go pick um, a swimsuit model to talk about hair. Like she has a nice body, but she don't want you to look at her face and her hair. So you know, it just depends on who you're trying to market to. You're not gonna go get um. Uh, a Martha Stewart mom and then talk about you want her to be in a video no you have, <laughs> right. to, you have to just work on who you're working for so it don't matter how many followers she has if she's not targeting your market then it's pointless so that means you need to know like your ideal client because Absolutely. if you don't know that person then you're doing stupid marketing like mm-hmm. you're trying Wasting to your money you on TikTok and you trying to you ain't trying to uh, reach the kids like because they on TikTok doing the thing. right yeah because like you want my money I'm not right. I know nothing about it <laughs> I can't even, right. even I'm I mean, still trying to figure out how to do the busted challenge like okay so <laughs> <laughs> how do I do it I promise the only reason I even ever considered looking at TikTok is because of how they said it can break up the videos and it's like um, yes. help a dummy uh, dummy proof for putting mm-hmm. your little videos together but then when you know Instagram all loving stealing everybody right. ideas right. they came with the real so I'm like shoot I don't even have to go they there they got rooms now yes I saw yeah. they got rooms like from Clubhouse oh. like they know they be buying and okay so that's what I want people to understand as well mm-hmm. that's the way of the world when one person comes out with something yes you're gonna see the next person and the next person and the next person congratulations you were innovative and you have created something that other people enjoy and would like to do mm-hmm. But the internet bashing for me is tacky and it's terrible. Mm-hmm. Like there's BP, there's Quick Trip, Racetrack, right. all of them. They all do sell the same product. So you're going to say, oh, no, now Quick Trip trying to be like Shell because they, it's so, they're, they're business. They have to stay in competition. And that's why it's important to have a, a good brand. Like that's Absolutely. not be doing anything. Absolutely. And that's just like uh, I posted the other day, and I was serious about that. Like, <laughs> uh, the fake women empowerment, like, stop it. Stop it. Like, because the main person, they're probably hating because everybody else, because you shared the information. Now you're mad that somebody used the information that you mm-hmm. shared. And then it's like, mm-hmm. uh, I, I ain't helping with her no more. Like, right. why? But I, saw, <laughs> yeah, I saw an instance of it on Instagram last week, and it. It really, I really was shocked. I was kind of disgusted, to be honest, but because it was actually somebody that I thought was um, a pretty good girl boss. And um, I was just like, That's always the thing. Like, people, and that's like with social media, like, you can put on whatever you want the world to think about you. Like, you can create your own reality when it comes to that. So, when it's like, I was watching a movie, and they said something about you never want to meet your heroes in real life because they don't live up to your expectations Mm -hmm. so you have these people to where you think like yes like that's exactly Mm -hmm. and then you meet them you're just like no like (laughs) what you know what i'm saying it's 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 sad and true though yeah it's real true and i never want anybody to feel that way about me that's why i say for the longest um a lot of people were asking about classes and stuff and i was like i had to kind of mentally prepare myself for that because um, just because you enjoy my work don't mean you will enjoy me. 
So I had mm-hmm. to make sure that what I was creating to teach to, to my people, nobody ever felt like they were jipped out of their money or, you know, I paid for this class and I still don't know how to do this or X, Y, Z. Um, so I really took pride in being able to create those programs because it's a lot of people that do that. They don't care. They're going to charge you a hundred people anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it gets real doggy doggish, unfortunately. Um, I just feel like Instagram is a rat race. And it'd be like my <laughs> moments, like, because they teach you how to use it. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you got to post this time, this way, say this, reach, talk this way to reach those type of people. I'm like, mm-hmm. forget that. I yeah. don't want to do that. Yeah. I want to be a part of that. I want to be me. And who's for me is for me. And they're going right. to see me. And it's crazy how, like, how much Instagram has grown. Because I swear, like, when Instagram first came out, it was just, like, people taking pictures of their food. Mm-hmm. Like, it was when just... When I went back to do an Instagram dump, I was like, ooh. <laughs> I really was like, ooh. Like, now all of this stuff, the captions and the hashtags and the colors and the filters and the everything. Like, that was not... It was just, like, post your picture. Like, Facebook yeah, used to be. Right. right. I think Facebook is still kind of... I still like Facebook. I feel like it's like a home for me, like in mm-hmm. a sense, because it's like you got your family on Facebook and things like that, whatever. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can like talk my shit, but kind of be kind of censored your family, on Facebook, people. whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you know you have like Snapchat, Snapchat anything going because ain't nobody on my Snapchat, so I can say whatever <laughs> the f- I want to say and don't nobody like know. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. You think ain't nobody watching your Twitter. <laughs> I used to be Twitter heavy in college, but um, it died off for me. But unfortunately, people say that I should get back active on Twitter because that's where you can collect connect with a lot of um, corporations and stuff like that. Like, if you're looking to get sponsorships from... Like, Wendy's. Yeah, like, like, you like add them, they will respond. Like, yeah. like, this girl was like, oh, Chipotle messed up her order. And she was like, I'm so pissed because they put fucking beans on my... um." My stuff at Chipotle need to get it together. <laughs> at Chipotle sent her a voucher for two free bowls. Yes, yeah, so maybe I need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like I have a Twitter Cosmic Bliss account, but it's just like I just stopped because it was just do I wanna what I wanna talk about on here. Like you know what I'm saying? Sometimes I fall into like everything else that's going on on Twitter. I'm like, that don't got nothing to do with skincare, brows, less yeah, yeah, but that's everything. You get yeah. on Instagram, like I'll literally pick up my phone and be like, Okay, what's the last picture I posted? Next thing you know, I'll be scrolling my right. foot and feet up and everything. You forget and lose complete the focus of what thought. you're talking about. Exactly. So yeah, social media, what's it called social media savvy. Oh, yeah. They just need to stop here. Don't come out with nothing else. Please, Please. Please. don't You're come right. out with nothing else. I can't keep up. I like. cannot. I think for, for as far as my brain and what's going on right now, like this is it for me. So whatever comes on after that, Cosmos will not be a part of it. But I will <laughs> say, I really do. I like Clubhouse a lot. I mean, I think I did. <laughs> I mean, I can't lie. I kind of fell off a little bit. Like I was in it heavy until I was up till four o'clock in the morning one night hosting mm-hmm. a group. So then I had to be like, okay, this is a bit too much. But I like it because it seems a lot more personal than a live. Because a live, the person is talking at you, mm-hmm. but this it actually gives you a voice. And depending on what rooms you're in, even if you don't get to talk, you still get to pick up a lot of yes, different yeah. gems. Yes, yes, yes. And um, the not video thing is just amazing because half right. the time, you know, I, mean, I was in the bed all day. Right. Exactly. They can't look at no pictures. Bonnie they can't do nothing. Yes. Like, Bonnie Princess. Yes. Yeah, so. So, yeah, Clubhouse is cool. I think, like you said, it depends on you have to be in a really good room. 
and things like that and hosting rooms or whatever. But like they own clubhouse turning up too. And I'm just like, why we can't never have nothing civilized? <laughs> like y'all gotta... you, you already know. <laughs> you know, it gotta get a little rat rat or it's not right. It's not right if it ain't right. I'm like, but how? How do you find a way to make it ratchet? Like... Girl. I was appalled. I'm like, what? And people just, and my, I wasn't even appalled by that. It was more so the time that people had to do this. Because, like, with Clubhouse, Clubhouse you can be doing anything. You can be driving, you can be cooking, you can be in the bed, whatever. So, like, when do y'all have the time to, like, do all of this stuff? Like, when are y'all just sitting here having these conversations all day? Like, I get alerts from Clubhouse all day. All people day. are just on the phone all day long. Talking. Well, you know what? I take that back because I can be on the phone with my friend and talk for like hours. But like, would you be in the clubhouse room if he was doing hair? No. See, and then I'm I just trying to figure out what everybody doing. I can just be myself because I feel like when it comes to business, you have a brand. Yeah. So it's like even the rooms I go into, like you have to present that first, and then it can go. Yeah. I mean, but your brand is a product of you. Yeah, I was about to say, it's just about what you create for your brand because I had a conversation. It was actually in a clubhouse or whatever. And I said, it's just a matter of what you want to see for your brand because some people only can connect if they know who they are attracted to your brand because of who you are. Mm -hmm. So you just got to kind of, you know, figure out what works for your brand. That's why I won't be talking about hair because people do that. Like, you can be out, literally out. And they'll ask me hair questions. And I'm like, yo, I'm drinking. Right <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Book a consultation. Like, I don't know. I don't yeah, know so you can put this on a t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you have the correct file? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm normal. Like, yeah. I guess that's what I want the world to know. Like, I'm me. Outside of hair. Behind, right. behind the chair. Yes. Yeah. Now, you sit, like, even with people sit in my chair, like, are we talking? Like, it could be a yeah. new client, and I done told you everything. And that's yeah. typically how it goes, because when people come to get their hair done, a lot of times it's a little outlet for them, you know? Mm-hmm. Some time to get them some them time, and sometimes they don't know what to talk. They just want to... Yeah. Like, no, you really... like them clients. <laughs> yeah, like, because it gets boring. You spend so much time with them and things like that. Right, but be I like have... this, I'd be behind them, like, what are you saying to me? Like, right. Yeah, I saw that post one time about, you know, Looking over that shoulder, we see <laughs> how you talking all that junk and you was late. Right. <laughs> and that be well, you so I'm be talking and nice because I'm probably going to be late. So what's next for you? What's next for Blissful Customs? You got anything you're working on? Absolutely. Anything new? Absolutely. Um, so I've been offering classes. Honestly, I keep thinking kind of birthed during um, quarantine time when I started offering classes because a lot of people are at home and I guess looking for something to do. Um, but over the last few weeks, I've gotten so many inquiries about people wanting to learn about the Glow Force. So I'm literally tonight going to drop the flyer for those classes. Um, but I just want to do a lot more with myself as a personal brand. Um, so that's going to include a lot of the coaching, um, classes, and just business all around because I feel like I'm a, a little mini goat myself. I've kind of hit a couple of different avenues, a couple of different um, type of clients. So I have a lot to offer for those that are just getting started or even some that are just looking to take their brand to the next level. I think that I could um, give 
a lot to the crafting community because crafting can make money. A lot of people are creative, and but they don't know how to do the business side with it. So that's um, going to be a part of my journey to kind of help them transition through that. So I'm looking forward to teaching, teaching and preaching. I do a lot of that to my, <laughs> my personal circle. Because they'll be like, oh, this is nice, this is cute. And I'm like, but don't you do that? Yeah, but mine don't, but why not? So, like, I get a lot of... I've had a lot of practice with my um, yeah. immediate circle of um, friends that own businesses. They catch it the worst. So I kind of feel like when you are an entrepreneur, like when you've done the service so much and you done helped so many people, whatever, it's like, all right, I'm done with this. Now, now it's time to teach y'all. Now it's time for y'all to grow and prosper because this is a lot dealing with. I'd rather just collect that and teach y'all how to do it. A lot of it started with me selling the vinyl, too, because there's some people who are, like, just getting into it and stuff. So they're like, oh, I don't know. I've never used that before. I never. And they'll buy, like, I'm just buying Cricut vinyl and stuff, and it's super expensive, and they don't know anything else because that's just what they see in the store with that. So I have to start with the education. Okay, well, if you use this type of vinyl for that and this and that. So I've been, like, just doing a lot of that. So it's kind of just time to put a dollar sign in front of it. Um, and I just feel comfortable with doing it at this point because I've done it, I've used it, I've not used it, I've seen what's working and what's not working, and stuff is going to continue to come out. But at least what's already out, I can guide you in the right direction. So I'm looking forward to being um, Teacher Bay. Mm-hmm. Now, are you um, now are there any doubts or? Not in what I'm offering. Everything that I'm offering, I am 100% behind. Um, there's still some things that people do ask about, and I'm like, yeah, well, X, Y, Z, you might want to ask them. But the services that I'm going to be offering is stuff that I feel fluent in, no if, answer, buts. Um, but like I said, you know, things change every day as new products come out. But I will teach you about everything that I know. So I don't ever want anybody to feel misled or that, you know, they don't get their money's worth. So I let you know my classes for this. Like, I'm not going to teach you how to make chip bags on Cricut. I'm not. I don't use Cricut. That's not what I'm teaching you. Right. Because people do it all the time. Oh, you teach classes. Can you teach me how to work my Cricut? No, ma'am, ma'am. <laughs> I cannot. I can refer you to someone who can, but that's not my ministry. So... Everything that I'm offering is stuff that I'm thorough in. I'm finally learning how to move my fingers around in Photoshop, but I definitely won't teach a class on that because I am nowhere near comfortable with that, period. So is it a time limit that you feel like you got to be comfortable or is just once you get there? So say if it takes you like three months, then you'll offer that. Yeah, I would. I would, definitely, because, like I say, anything I put out there is going to be something I feel comfortable with. So if I were to learn the Cricut software and I feel comfortable in it, heck, yeah, I'll add it to the list. But, honestly, I'm not really team Cricut, so I have no desire to learn it. And it's just like I already know what I know with Silhouette, and they're the same machine. Well, they do the same thing. I feel like so, which one? Silhouette. I feel like it is, too. Compare it, because a lot of my inner circle has Crickets, and when I tell them, oh, just do this, they're like, oh, they don't do that. I feel like cricket just babies people. That's why people like it. And that's why they say the silhouette is hard. Because I literally watched my friend use it. And he was like, okay, insert now. Make it now. And silhouette's not going to tell you that. You just got to press the buttons and it's going to do it. But cricket is like, okay, put your mat in. Now if you press the button. So I think that's why people think that it's a lot more user friendly. Because it tell you what to do. I'm glad I ain't never going to get no. I thought about it. I was mm-hmm. like, this will cancel a lot of middlemen. 
I'd it rather just. It, it depends Sometimes on. I'd rather just pay money. I be I don't be having time when you know and I gotta what, have my self care in there, right, so I can't yeah. sacrifice my self care <laughs> right. between working and running my own business. So yeah. no, yeah, no. And that's what people don't realize. You're paying for that convenience as well. So, you know, don't ask me why the shirt is $25. Do you want to make it? Mm-hmm. Because it's going to take time for me to weed this stuff out, press it out. When oh, you don't... see how tedious this is. And that's none of your business. You don't want to give me you know, that process is none of the... It's not for me to say, it's okay, I'm charging you $25 because I got to I gotta design it, then I got to print it, then I got to weed it, then I got to press it. Right, but that's that's how they are, like... Oh, why is it that much? Like, what all I'm getting? Like, you getting you getting the shirt that you paid for? That's it in a bag with a thank you card. That's what you get it. Like, like when they come say all that, now it's fifty dollars. But once I thought about it, consultation now. That was a consultation, and I really need to put my foot on that. Like, be grounded uh, and firm about the consultations now. Because that's a what the I, graphic side, or? everything like what time I literally like even though the lady paid for thirty minutes, I was on that phone for an hour. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I show off you sent that invoice for the extra thirty minutes, made, but I was like, dang, like I just need a list of questions. But that goes back like I learned like after the first time, oh, it's a policy. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> now I have to let you guys know. Yeah, and even with the shirts, then like I was saying, with people like they feel like they're your only client because I'll have somebody say, "Hey, can you make this cake topper like this?" Sure, I made the cake topper just like that. With the thing, oh, but I was wanting it. Uh, uh-uh, uh, you get one revision. So if you have any other things that you want to change, it has to be right now because I'm not touching this ten times because you want to keep having epiphanies. It can't work like that. <laughs> Yeah. Niggas wake up with different feelings every day. Yeah. You know what? I was thinking. That's me though. And like before, I doing all- but before you <laughs> but before you know it, like you still working with the same client for thirty five dollars. That's me. I'm like, Kenna, tell me how this sounds. She be like, girl, you just said <laughs> I think this is cuter. That's why a lot of times people say don't go with the first thing that come in your head. Yeah. You gotta sit on it. Yeah. Thinking think about it. Think about well, if that's still gonna sound the same after this or that, or you know, if you see your name in lights, are you gonna be okay with seeing your name even lights says big booty key to like, you know, mm. you gotta make those decisions. Think that's about real. It. Cause I did go to um, it was I want to say twenty eighteen. Um, Judy had a class, or it was supposed to be a business class, but she was <laughs> she was hosting the class, and that's was one thing she did say like. Her brand name is Kaleidoscopes, her product. So when she go in the meetings, they know her from her Instagram name, which mm. instead of her her real name is Jessica. They don't know her as Jessica. Didn't know that till now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how she was going into the meeting, the real big booty Judy. Like... I would never be. Yeah, like no, that's not. Yeah, and I'm like, it only sounds interesting in entertainment industries, but when you sit in front of somebody and you really want to talk about some business, hi, I'm Crystal from BigBootyJudy.com. Like, (laughs) unless I'm selling booty pads, I don't think that's going to be appropriate. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, so do you think it's necessary or appropriate, in a sense, to when it comes to social media? And I keep reverting back to the social media because it's like that's what we're operating on, especially during the pandemic, like everything is via social media. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's better to have 
different like personal social media pages versus business have both have one but not the other um i personally have both um i don't use my personal one anymore but i've had it i had the personal before i had the business so when i created the business one it was solely to be for business but i know that over time that people wanted to know me So I feel like it depends on what kind of brand that you want to build, that you connect those two things together. Um, And I realized that a lot of people admire my journey um, of how I created the brand that I've created. So they want to know more about me. So that's how I kind of integrated mine together because I am a mom. I'm a business owner. I'm young. I'm married. All of those things. People are like, dang, well, you know, how does that work? So they kind of find it interesting. So I thought that it was necessary for me to integrate some of my personal life with um, business. Um, I think um, I think it kind of goes back to just knowing your target audience. So I know that a lot of people that follow me for crafting, they are moms. A lot of them are stay-at-home moms, young moms, older moms too but you know just being able to see the juggle like I know some people literally DM me because they'll see that I made a post and it'll be like 3 o'clock in the morning they're like girl how are you still posting stuff when do you sleep when do you spend time with your kids and stuff like that because it's like every time you see something I'm posting something different so um, even figuring out the work life balance you figure it out with your followers sometimes and you're like okay it's this even with me in this year I'm trying to do more self-care for myself so i was like all right y'all hold me accountable i'm supposed to go to this gym four times a week and i literally had people dming me like i didn't see you post about going to the gym and i'm like i went though but um (laughs) i didn't post it so it kind of you know you don't give whether it's personal or on your business page you don't ever put out anything that you don't want people to know so Mm -hmm. even if i post on my personal page and somebody find me in the half naked whatever then they can clearly still put, oh, yep, that's her face, that's her face. So whatever you want out there, just know that you are your brand. You are a brand. Yeah, regardless of where you're posting it or whatever, if it's you, it's you. They're going to know that you are the owner of this, that, and the third or whatever, and this is what you're doing. So Even when you think about, like, the Obamas and stuff like that, like, you think they wanted to be under that spotlight or microscope like that, those girls, his girls, to where they didn't have to post it, but somebody else posted it. So even if you're out somewhere and you are carrying yourself a certain way. I'm like, ain't that that girl from Blissful Customs? Mm, child, but I see you. I feel like only black people do that, though. Like, no, they you know, play. all those, um, them celebrities be under scrutiny the same way. Well, that's because they're the face of their brand. But I'm saying only black people do black brands like that. Because oh, yeah. it's like, we always gotta know who behind that. If it's black owned, we gotta know who the face of it. Right. And Versus. that's facts. Because I mean, I just said this yesterday. We still to this day, I don't know what the owner of European waxing to look like. Oh yeah. I don't know who I don't know who that person is. They probably European waxing are probably got You're not following them on Instagram. And I'm not. <laughs> and they probably got like a thousand followers on Instagram. But they got several locations worldwide. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, well, as far as the United States goes. Mm-hmm. So it's like like she said, when it comes to black businesses, I do feel the same way that they need to know who it is. Right, before they um, want to support. Spend, yeah. I guess I give you my money mm-hmm. kind of thing. 
Yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of plays both ways, though, because it can be somebody like, well, shoot, I'm not going to buy from um, Hobby Lobby because I want to support a black business. But then there's some other ones like, oh, she think just because she got her a little business, you know how they like to put that word out. That little business. She got her little business that she supposed to charge people all of that money. But so it kind of plays yeah. both ways. And I hate it. Oh, I hate it. Yeah. You're, you're why, right. why do you can't treat me like Walmart? You don't know who own Walmart. Like, that'll right. stop you from spending your money. Like, you don't Even know the narrative. I hate the narrative. Of, I hate the repetition of small business, support small businesses or whatever. Like, dang, support why you my business. Calling right. my business small. It's big business over here. Like, making a big bag. Like, this is a big business. Plan, written out and ink and everything. Like, yeah. It's true. So, they, yeah. they will call you out here nor there, but it kind of plays on both ends. But the, the latter end kind of sucks. They'll be quick to try to throw you under the bus. So, Crystal, you said you have children. You have three. Yes, I have three small babies. Um, My oldest son was kind of the fire under my butt when I started my business. So, after I had him... And I had been unemployed for so long because I couldn't um, work and be pregnant. That I mm. kind of followed the other suit with the other ones as well. I still couldn't work. So I was able to do my business on the side because even if I had my feet up, I can still tell my cousin, mm. okay, go press the button. I, I send it to the printer or whatever. Um, but they, um, <laughs> at first they thought it was cool when I got the shop until they realized they were going to be spending so much time there. I'm like, oh, we're going to have a job. <laughs> like, yeah, until they have to keep coming. They want to stay at home and play video games. Right. But um, I do have three, two boys and a girl. The girl is the youngest. And um, they keep me on my toes. They always want to know, can I make them something? All the little stuff they see on YouTube. <laughs> can you make me a, a what's that thing called? Um. It was a Disney show, so one of the little musical shows. Can you make one of those hoodies? Those kind of shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to get you. Oh, no, you can't get sued for that. You can make a shirt out of anything. You can make it, but they say it's for hobby. But when you want to sell it, then that's when it comes it into comes issue. all of the other stuff. But, you know. So, let's be fucking honest. <laughs> 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 let's be honest. So, how is it really balancing your family because you're married your husband so balancing all of that and running such a successful business with the clientele that you have like how does that get honestly hard (laughs) (laughs) it's not easy at all just because me and my husband are both entrepreneurs so we neither one of us have um just a nine to five to just clock in and go home we're constantly working on our brand we're constantly thinking of ways to keep our businesses um getting better and better and better so it's really hard um especially during this quarantine time and the kids having to do virtual learning i feel like sometimes i i'm a failed parent sometimes just because it's like (laughs) Wait, I'm over here trying to respond to emails and you talking about your camera not on and your teacher talking about um, turn this in or you can't, your this not working and log on to this app. And I'm like, what? And then I have another son that now they're putting him on Zoom too. He was doing hybrid. But now they're like, oh no, they're on Zoom now. So now I got two kids with two teachers I got to hear talking at the same time. And then I got my daughter pulling on my computer or I got to give her the phone to sit in a corner somewhere. Like, it's hard. 
It is hard. And then, you know, I didn't even think about it until like recently when I'm like, I have my two and that's crazy in itself. But then you got people who got like a lot of kids. A lot. A lot of kids. <laughs> like, how do people... They got a really whole classroom. Exactly. A whole classroom. They need computers, and they need the Wi-Fi, right. and they need your attention. Mm-hmm. So, I can... I don't want to imagine. I ain't even gonna lie. Um, I just say, may the Lord be with them, because it's not easy. It's um, very frustrating, and sometimes it's almost like sacrifices that you're making. I kind of just try to coach myself through it sometimes. When my kids will be like, Mom, well, can we do this? And I'm like, no, because I'm working. Or, Mom, let's have movie night. And then I still got my laptop open while they watching right. the movie and stuff like that. But it's like I feel like I'm just trying to set the foundation. Like I work hard now, so when they get a little bit older and, you know, are involved in sports and stuff, I still won't have to be, well, okay, well, I'll just see y'all later or whatever. I want to be able to be there because I know what it's like. Like my mom worked hard and she worked mm-hmm. for herself. And sometimes she wasn't able to come to the game. She made sure she paid my dues and all of that stuff was paid so that I can do it. But she wasn't actually able to physically attend a lot of my stuff because she was working and providing. So it's just my goal to put in the work now. So when, you know, those times come and it's time to show up and show out, I can be that parent. Because I spend so much of my time making apparel and stuff like that for those parents to go out and support their kids. I want to be able to do the same thing. I don't want to just have to continue to say, oh, your auntie coming, or I want to go and see my kid front and center. Just like I saw everybody else's kids when I was coaching. I would be out there sitting late at night at the football games or whatever, and and I'm going to be able to do that for my own child. But juggling, I don't know if there's really such thing as balance. It's not. It's not. But I think I have to get to that point. Stop having mom guilt because that's what that's what it is. It's like, oh, is it my fault? You know what I'm saying? But in the moment, so I'm at a point with this virtual learning. Like, I don't think they need school at this point. <laughs> I, mean, like, like, I don't feel like it's really serving a purpose to right. be honest. Like, I have a seven year old sitting in front of a laptop for five, six, seven hours a day. Mm-hmm. How much of that do you think they're gonna obtain? Like, they don't even focus that much when you're face to face with them. So I feel like COVID nineteen is a whole life lesson in itself. Like yeah. everything you need to learn <laughs> done happened this whole year. Yeah. So you know, it's it's challenging. That's one thing. Like I feel like COVID. If Corona did not inspire some type of hustle in you, it would. It just mean. ain't. It's just not in you. Right? It ain't there, boo. It ain't there. Cause. But, you know, a lot of people are okay with that, though. And I have to, I tell people that a lot of times to other business owners because they look at people that aren't business owners and, you know, they kind of give them a little shade because they're like, well, you know, you just working your nine to five. Like, I hate when people kind of deter people from a nine to five. Like, everybody can't be an entrepreneur. Somebody got to work for that person that has this business. Like, that that's just true. how it goes. It has I to be like that. I feel like everybody feel like they can set up shop on, Mm-mm. you know. Everybody does yeah. it. And, and you can yeah. tell the difference between brands that are like that. There's some people that have that hustle, that drive, and that desire to do certain things. But then people that don't, they just don't. They looking at you like, okay, well, I'll buy it, friend. But that's just right. not them. They okay with going and being the best worker that they can be. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. But you just have to make sure that if a nine to five route is what you're going to do, that you have ways to set yourself up for the future in case Corona happens and you get laid off. 
Right. Or do you have something that's still going to allow you to stay afloat? Because you can have a rental property and not have to be business savvy. You hire the leasing company or whatever, and they handle it all for you. So there's other ways to have money besides just being a full-blown, full-time entrepreneur and still make money. I don't want to be not an entrepreneur. Girl, bye. <laughs> you already here. Sorry. It's in denial. Entrepreneurship is in uses. It but, is. But, okay, I feel like it's a difference then because you got a small business, but I feel like entrepreneurs, like when you think like that, it is more so a, a hustle. Like, well, I'm getting my next dollar. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's why a lot of people don't take it serious. Like, okay, this ain't producing. I'm about to do something else. This ain't producing. I'm about to do something else. And then they already said, like, the road to be a millionaire, you got to have. Right. But it's like, yo, I don't know. Who said that? Like, but, what, but you know, you have to think about it, though. You can have seven different incomes into, within, within that one yeah. Yeah, thing. You can have your product line. You can have your brand development. But it's all still under that same umbrella. But people do take it very literally. Like, all right, I'm going to wash cars today. I'm going to do hair tomorrow. I'm going to graphic design. <laughs> then I'm going to babysit. You're going to die on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how people think of it. And it can get real overwhelming that way. But you kind of have to, you know, get yourself a little stable in something. Mm-hmm. You know, get your feet wet. And, okay, this works before you pile something else. But a lot of times people do that. They're like, all right, no, nah, this ain't making money fast enough. So right. let me do something else. But to be honest, um, <laughs> I think it's real important to have a support group if you decide to be um, an entrepreneur, especially with children, because I'm catching all kind of hell. Like, I feel like it kind of hit me all at once from having, um, you know, support from family with my kids and stuff like that to it more just turning into me and my husband. So, and both of us doing the business, it's it's a lot to juggle. So, it comes down to a lot of communication between me and him. So that we don't feel overwhelmed, um, one person doing more than the other, and and then kind of allowing them to be accountable for their actions too. Like, no, we're not coming to clean up y'all room after y'all messed it up. We're not doing that. So what you're gonna do is that's do what a you're real supposed one. To do. That's a real one right there, holding your kids accountable. Because I had to learn like. My kids gonna be ten this year. Like I shouldn't have to tell you. Like you know how to wake up and get on YouTube. You know how to wake up and do everything you don't need to do. So the stuff that you need to do, you should do that with no problem. I shouldn't have to repeat myself the way that I do. Lord, I repeat myself so much. Absolutely. So that's what COVID has been about for me and my kids. It's just like the same way you get up and hop on YouTube. The same way you're gonna get up and hop on Zoom. You're gonna get. I'm not gonna call your name ten times, or you're gonna be going to bed at six o'clock. Period. Like, I'm not going to keep fighting with you. I should try that one. That is everything. It's 5 o'clock. Go to bed. <laughs> everybody everybody, turn on the lights off and go to bed. Like, that's that now. music on. Go to bed. I'm not tired. I don't care. Mm-hmm. So, we have been here talking with you, Crystal. First of all, thank you for coming. Appreciate you for coming yes. and giving us all this information. I've learned some things today gonna apply some things today to myself personally and to myself in my business so with that being said visionary thought (laughs) (laughs) so basically leave our listeners some amazing value that you feel like any visionary any entrepreneur any nine-to-fiver needs to know Uh, my biggest thing with everybody is don't quit. Like, whether it's your job, because I've had jobs where I'm just like, oh, no, I'm 
fuck this. I can't. Like, but every single job that I've worked like that has given me a successful tool that I can take on to the next level of life. So whether it was being able to know how to hold your tongue and because you're here for a greater purpose, you have to just know how to keep it pushing and let it add value to your life. So I don't take anything for granted. So even with all the jobs, because I've had a lot of jobs. I ain't know if I told you <laughs> I did too. So though I've been an entrepreneur, I've had a lot of jobs too, but every single job I did it with a purpose. So working at the bank taught me a lot of things about lots of things about finances and different um, things that you just probably wouldn't know otherwise. So I took that and now I can apply it to my business. I know how to um, structure things within my business so that it looks how it's supposed to look to the people that it needs to look to. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a teacher, so I got that extra little bit of patience that you have to have that you, when you deal with kids. So I have that, and I'm able to apply that customer service to my um, my business. But even when times get rough, when times seem un- unsure, like COVID, you got to keep pushing. If you have a vision for your brand, you don't stop until you accomplish it. You're going to run into them roadblocks that um, makes stuff seem like it's impossible, but you got to keep going. Who's to ever know that I was going to open a a store in December and then by March, I can't let nobody in. So I think a lot of things for me is just keep going. If that's what your heart desires, don't give up on whatever your heart desires. Make sure you surround yourself with people that are going to push you to achieve what you want to achieve. Um, because that's one of the biggest and greatest things, even when, I'm feeling defeated within my business because I wanted to make this sales goal, but I didn't make it. I have somebody in my ear that's saying, okay, you didn't make it this time, but then you make it the last five times. Okay, so what you talking about? You know, pick it up. Try something a little different. It might have worked them five times, but it didn't this time. So you need to pick up or try something a little bit different. So um, keep pushing and surround yourself with like-minded people. And even if they aren't people that you know personally just being on those type of apps like clubhouse and stuff like that where you're able to just listen in to people that they don't know you so it's not like they're trying to be in your business or anything but you're able to get the inspiration that you need you just have to find a way to keep yourself motivated if that's what you want to do in life and knowing what's not for you so even though you keep pushing and what you have to learn that okay yeah um I'm not going to sell this anymore or I'm not going to continue to add stuff to my um, my inventory and I haven't even sold this. So you have to just be wise and being wise comes along with who you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. Hold on, you mm-hmm. just dropped yeah. a whole yeah. bunch of like yeah. All of that, all of that. Y'all listen to that. Right. Girl, I need to surround myself with you. <laughs> <laughs> when we go on the brink? Right. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, for real. I need people on a page. Like, you, seriously.